Hello and welcome to If Homeschool Walls Could Talk. I'm your host, Jenny Hahn. I've mentioned on the podcast before that I'm the only homeschooler in my family as far as like my siblings and my husband is the only one on his side of the family with all of his siblings. But that's kind of different now, isn't it? Everybody's kind of having this, has had a taste of homeschooling, even if it's, you know, it's distance learning, it's crisis learning, crisis schooling, whatever you want to call it. Everybody's kind of having this experience though, right? And now we're looking at the fall and what's that going to look like this fall? So this interview today is with my younger sister, Meredith. She has had this distance learning crisis schooling experience and I really wanted to hear how it went and we had talked already a bunch about it. There's so much good stuff. I knew I had to have her on the podcast. So I hope you're going to enjoy this. I think it's going to relate to a lot of you, especially if you have had this similar experience of distance learning and now looking at the future and what's that going to look like? And am I really going to homeschool? or Am I going to keep doing this? We go over a lot of these questions and Meredith is just amazing and relatable. I mean, she's my sister, so I'm super biased, but she's just really real and authentic. And I just love that about her. So I hope you enjoy this episode and this interview with Meredith Mullen. This is going to be really fun for me because my sister Meredith is on today. Meredith, welcome. Hi. I'm really happy you're here. Me too. So I know you super well, but will you introduce yourself to our listeners a little bit? Tell us about you. Sure. Well, my name is Meredith and I am Jenny's younger sister aka her roommate growing up. <laughs> yes. And I'm a wife and a mom to three kids, two elementary age kids and a toddler at home. And on the weekends, I am a registered nurse. And tell us about your, like, why are you on the podcast today? How did I strong arm you into that? <laughs> well, this, uh, well, I was on vacation now visiting you. We had so many great discussions about what my experience was this last spring with all of the crisis schooling and the schools being shut down because of COVID and my thoughts and feelings about what this next school year was going to look like. And that kind of just developed into a natural podcast, I think, for us. Yeah, we talked a lot about, about a lot of good stuff. It was really good. Um, so tell us a little bit. So we grew up in the same household, but there's, you know, it, every family is different. Like every kid has a different experience growing up. Would you like agree with that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. And you're like three and a half years younger than me. And so tell us, like, I've talked a little bit about my school experience on the podcast, but tell us what like school was like for you growing up. I always loved school. School was fun for me. I enjoyed it. Um, it was a little bit different than the rest of our siblings for me because I was the first kid in our family that didn't end up qualifying for the gifted program out of the first five of us. And so that did look a little different for me. And I think that it made me sad and it didn't make me sad at the same time to be different from the rest of you. And that did shape a little bit of what my school experience looked like. I felt always felt like I wanted to do all of the same things that you guys did academically, but I always felt like I had to work a little harder. But doing that, I think actually was better for me because I had this amazing work ethic and passion for learning and pushing myself that really helped me in college. You know, it's interesting. I remember when that happened, when you didn't qualify and just being baffled by that. Like it just felt so arbitrary. I thought, well, we got to do some cool stuff. By the time I got to junior high, it didn't mean anything. We didn't do cool stuff anymore. It was kind of lame. And I thought, this just seems like it does a lot of harm because it sets up kids to think this very fixed mindset Either you're smart or you're not. Mm -hmm. There's I no totally growth agree. about that. 
Yeah. yeah. And by then, by the time I had my own kids, I'd watched you, you know, go to nursing school and do these incredibly hard things and being like the best nurse you could possibly be, you know, being amazing and such a resource in your jobs and things like that. And I was like, I think this is bogus. But I mean, this is all, you know, my experience on it. But what do you think? No, I agree. I've done any, nothing's ever held me back academically that I've wanted to do because it was, my attitude was good. And that sounds kind of like I'm tooting my own horn, I guess, maybe a little bit. You can toot, go for it. (laughs) But I've done everything I wanted to do. And I feel so much at peace and happy with the path that, that I had. That's awesome. So you were probably like me in the sense that you never even thought about homeschooling. Am I guessing right? Indeed. I never thought about homeschooling um, until I don't, I had been married for a couple of years and my husband and I talked about it. We didn't even have children. It took us a while to have children uh, in our marriage. But what started the conversation for us, even before kids, was having amazing examples of people who did homeschool. I had you and I had a really dear friend that homeschooled her kids. And when she told me she was going to homeschool her kids, I, I had that thought, like, why, why are you going to do that? You have these great schools. We live somewhere where we have fantastic schools. And I just, I didn't get it at all. And it probably took a couple of years before I started to really understand, because you can't, you can't wrap your head around something like that until you're in those shoes. It's just, it's hard to put yourself there until you are. Yeah, I agree. Like, even if you're open to it, you really don't know what it's like. Yeah. Until you really. Or the reasons why somebody would want to do it until you have reasons yourself that you would want to do it. That's true. Yeah. So then let's talk about that. Like first talk about school, like your oldest, is she third grade this fall? Am I getting that right? Yeah. I'm going to have a third grader this fall and a kindergartner. So tell us about her school experience, because of course, when it's time to put her into school, it was probably like no question, right? She's going to go to school. Oh yeah. She was so excited to go to school. And I think mostly she was excited because she thought she was going to get to ride the school bus to school. And then when she didn't get to ride the school bus to school, she was so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but it ended up being okay. So we lived in a, a different school district than we do now when my oldest started school and it was a title one school. So there was lots of extra services and lots of programs at the school. So we were at a title one school for kindergarten for her. Initially I was excited because there was like an extra teacher to help reading and an extra teacher with math. And, and there was all these other extra programs I thought were great. Um, and I don't have anything against a title one school, but there were also things that I didn't like about it. There were, kids in her class that were starting with just learning to how to speak English. And, and so a lot of her kindergarten year, there wasn't a lot of progress that I had thought that was going to be made. And she would come home from school and have homework in kindergarten. There would be sight words and we would end up working another hour after school every day. And this poor little kid was just it was just a lot for a little kid. So that next year, uh, that, that summer we moved to a different school district, uh, to a new home and ended up at a new school. And it's a wonderful school. The principal's amazing. The teachers are amazing. Um, but we still noticed that my oldest was struggling academically and she was getting lots of one-on-one time with reading and math. And, and we were still working a lot at home. And I had some suspicions that 
she was maybe struggling with something else. Like I, at first I thought, you know, is this dyslexia? She really had a hard time learning how to read, you know, what's going on with her. And then I just kept thinking over and over. I really feel like, you know, maybe she's got some problems with paying attention and, and just her personality. Just, I kind of had these feelings over and over again that she had ADHD. So I brought it up with her teacher in first grade and her teacher said, oh no, no, we're going to get her all caught up. It'll be fine. And she reassured me she was the sweetest gal, but my gut kept screaming at me that it wasn't going to be okay. And it didn't seem to matter how hard I worked with her and how many hours we put in. It just wasn't enough. Finally, in second grade, I think between first grade and second grade, we spent that summer reading for hours and hours every day working on it. And it was like pulling teeth. It wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. It was horrible for both of us. But I was so worried about her getting behind because she knew that she was behind. She knew that she was different than other kids. And I hated that. I hated that she felt different. Finally, in second grade, she started, went to second grade and um, there was a new teacher and the new teacher had just left being a special ed teacher. And I just kept thinking, oh, please let her get this teacher because I think that this teacher is going to help me to know if this is really what's going on. And she did. She got that teacher. And it wasn't too long before her teacher did say, you know, I think that Camilla might have some ADHD. And I said, you know what? I really think that she does too. And it was not even a week before we had the appointment with the the clinic, the ADHD clinic to get her diagnosed and, and get that work going. So she really was like an answer to my prayers. This teacher was amazing. So I am very grateful for her for doing that for us. But there are all these kind of interventions that this teacher has been doing with her, like making, having her take tests all by herself out in the hallway and, and things that, you know, are making her different and apart from everyone else. And that has to be special for her that I could just be doing at home and it wouldn't be different or have have a special plan or anything like that. And so that's something that's kind of been motivating for me with homeschool. Yeah. So tell us, tell about with all the shutdowns, what that looked like. Cause you were doing um, distance learning. I think that's the term that districts are calling it is distance learning. Like that's know. how you finished out the year, right? We did. Our district did, it was all online and there was like a packet you could print off or you could go to one of the elementary schools and pick it up. And so we did that and we, I wasn't intimidated by it at all. It it seemed very like age appropriate for the amount of time that we were going to spend on it every day, which was something that I worried about. So we did the packet and we worked on it together. It was a struggle some days to get her to participate. But once I could get her going, it went well. Um, We kind of developed our own little routine. We always did it in the morning and then we were done by lunchtime and then we had the rest of the day. And we both love that. All of us love that. And we got our, we kind of got into it and it was no big deal for us. It felt very doable. So not too bad. Yeah, not bad at all. That's awesome. So then what's the appeal to homeschool? Like if the distance learning wasn't so bad, then like is the plan to continue with the distance learning or to be a maverick and go out on your own? Like what are you thinking now? Honestly, I have no idea. I That's think so my- honest. I love it. Thank <laughs> you for being honest. <laughs> oh gosh. I think my phone blows up every day. I'm not kidding with a friend or a neighbor or a friend from church. 
every day. What are you going to do this fall? It's like, that's all anybody's talking about is what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I always say, you know what? I just don't know. Uh, I've been waiting for <laughs> to hear what our district wants to do for their plan. But our governor has mandated masks everywhere. And um, and now she has just mandated like two days ago that no schools will go back to session until after Labor Day. And here where we live, we actually go back kind of like August 10th. So that's a pretty big delay for us in school. Yeah. So now none of the school districts have any idea what's going on at all. And it's, there's so much uncertainty and it just feels so unstable to me. Um, my biggest motivator to homeschool right now is not worrying about getting COVID, my kids. My biggest motivator is what kind of environment do I, do I want my kids to be educated in? And I feel like sending my kids to school wearing a mask and not being able to have recess or having lunch at their desk and everybody's six feet apart and you can't interact, can't go to music class, you can't go to gym. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it just kind of sounds like kid prison to me. And yeah. I wouldn't want that for myself. Why would I want that for my little kids? I think that's what a lot of people are feeling right now. Like this isn't going to look like what they would want for their kids. So what's, what's the main fear for just homeschooling? My main fear is that um, I won't know what my resources are because I've never done this before. Not understanding or knowing my resources and whether I should go with the district's learning plan or if I should go out on my own and then knowing how to do that to go out on my own. I, I am thankful because I have lots, lots of homeschooling friends and family. So I have that as a resource, which is wonderful. But when it comes down to it, it's just me. It's me and the kids. And that's, that does feel like a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything you're saying is what I, I hear from people all the time. Like, how can I take this responsibility on? So that, that, that's what I'm getting kind of from you. Yeah. It's heavy for sure. Yeah. So do you envision like, is, is it a possibility that you will send them to school in masks? Like, do you foresee that happening? No. So I it's a really, so. so it's a matter of being home, but using what the material from the district, because I'm, I'm just making the assumption that you still have the option to be home. It's not like you're there or we cut you off kind of thing. I mean, I think so. What I understand is you either choose to do school from home or you do it in live, but you have to commit to doing it for one full semester, which I think is reasonable. Yeah. So I think I'd just prefer to be home. I mean, we already did it last fall under not great circumstances and we did fine. So I think under a more controlled environment, it'll probably be great. And all these teachers have had a chance to see what works and what doesn't. And hopefully like the product will be better this fall. I think so too. And I think so much of it is how you, how I'm going to present it to my kids. Um, already it's like my narrative is already so positive about homeschooling to my kids, just in case that's what we end up doing. Yeah. I keep saying, wouldn't it be so great to just be home and we could just do school like in a couple of hours and then we could go to the park or we could do all these other fun things or go on field trips and hikes. And, uh, they're already like so excited. We've already started making plans and getting excited about it, which I, which I'm glad that they kind of jumped on board with my narrative. Yeah. So the second time we homeschooled, 
was the first time it was before my oldest started kindergarten and she just really didn't have any frame of reference. We didn't have friends with lots of older kids, but the second time my third daughter was just about to go to kindergarten and we had gone to kindergarten preview at the school. Like (laughs) she had a little stuffed mammoth that they gave to all the incoming kindergartners. Like they built it up. And then I was like, and actually we're going to homeschool. And she totally felt like the rug was pulled out from under her. And it took her like, she would ask me every year. So can I go to school this year then? Like, is this like, she loved homeschooling, but she thought, well, this is just what we're doing until I go to school. Right. So does your second daughter, is she like, you're saying they're totally positive. Was she super excited about kindergarten? Like, had you built that up? Um, so actually that's exactly what's going on right now. That's who I can't get on board with homeschooling right now is going into kindergarten. She's my hitch in the plan. She's so excited about, cause we've been talking about it all last year about how you're going to go to school with your big sister and this is going to be your school. And we even practiced walking there because the girls were going to walk to school together. Oh, practice walking there so that I made sure that, you know, because she's really little for her age. I wanted to make sure she would make it (laughs) the four. (laughs) There was a lot of pumping up to go to kindergarten and we went to kindergarten rodeo like a month before everything shut down. Yeah. So excited. She told me that she wanted to go to school, even if she had to wear a mask. She really just doesn't know what that would really entail and be like. She doesn't, she doesn't know. She wouldn't know what she was missing out on either. Like no recess and no music class and PE, things like that. And yes, exactly. So there's some heartbreak. I mean, our hearts are heavy because expectations were, a certain way. And now every expectation is just completely blown out of the water. And we don't even know what our expectations are now. Yeah. Cause even if, you know, you're homeschooling, it doesn't even look like what a normal homeschool life would look like, you know, with like we have, you know, community things we go and do and things we're involved in and classes and sports and Like, we don't even know how much of that we're going to have. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's something we've talked about is trying to form like a little homeschool group for my kids now is one thought of just the same, just a couple of people, like a very small group. I think that's going to be really important for them. I hope we can do that. Yeah, that's, that's been on my mind too, because our... I've talked on the podcast a lot about the Commonwealth school that we're involved in, and it's just too big of a group to meet together, especially because we're not moving along in the phases quickly enough. (laughs) We just keep having setbacks or just delays. And, and I'm like, okay, well, what does this look like for my kids? Then what are we going to do? Do we have a little tiny pocket of friends that we could, I don't know, but I mean, you're saying school doesn't start till after Labor Day for you guys. That's pretty typical here in the Pacific Northwest because we don't even get summer till super late, like July. Today I was wearing a sweatshirt at like noon because <laughs> it was so chilly nice. in the shade again. So we have had a few hot days, but not enough, you know. But yeah. Um, okay, I remember another question that I had. So, okay, so the big thing in a normal life, in a normal, no COVID, pre-COVID, PC time, when people (laughs) just, yeah, it's PC, PC. you know. (laughs) I like that. Yep. Pre-COVID. When people decide to homeschool, there's always a series of questions that everybody gets. (laughs) And so I'm going to ask you these questions. Are you, are you prepared for them? Oh boy. Okay. (laughs) Because if you don't know the answer or you have no idea, I can help you is what I'm saying. But this is like, I mean, everybody's in this boat right now going, oh my gosh, am I a homeschooler now? I didn't pick this. Or, oh, I guess I've always always thought about doing this. So we're going to go for it now. Here's the big instigator, you know, but you always get the same questions. 
grandparents love these questions. Neighbors love these questions. <laughs> lots of people ask these people at church, people in the neighborhood, when they see your children running around in the middle of the day, they like to ask these questions. So first, <laughs> are, are you worried about socialization? Oh, my kids. Oh my gosh. Anybody who's met my kids, they are friends with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they, no, I'm not worried about that at all. They will find a friend anywhere they go. They are excellent communicators. They're, they're just social anyway. And so being at home isn't going to change that for them. That's just who they are. They'll make a way. They'll find a way. So, in fact, they're too social for me. I, I want to just stay home. <laughs> Can we just stay in our pajamas today? And they're like, no, where are we going? What are we going to do? Where are we hanging out with? It's, <laughs> it's too much pressure for me. <laughs> so, nope, not worried about it at all. <laughs> That's awesome. My youngest, who's now adores your second, like, he talks constantly about his friend my friend in Kansas, like she's just the best and talks about her incessantly. So they are, I will vouch you, you on that, that your kids are social. So that's awesome. Okay. Next question. How will you know if you've taught them everything? Oh my goodness. I don't think anybody's going to ever know that. And what makes anybody think that they're going to know everything at public school? In fact, I think they're going to know a whole lot of things you don't want them to know. From <laughs> <laughs> it's a different education that you get. Yeah. They're going to come home with, they come home with all kinds of information I wish they didn't have from public school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to know. But what do they really, you know, the thoughts I've had lately is, what do they really need to know? What do you really learn in third grade? This is, these have been my thoughts. Uh, you work on reading, you learn to multiply and divide, you start to divide. And really when you break it down, that's about it. And I'm like, I can do that. So I, I asked my oldest who's going to third grade, I said, well, what do you want to, what do you want to learn? And she said, well, I want to learn how to cook and I want to do research. And I said, you want to do research? She's like, yeah. And I said, I don't know what that means, but we're going to do it. <laughs> I'm curious now. Research what? What is she researching? I, I think she just wants to know. She's always been a naturally curious person. And she likes to know how things work and how things are made. And, you know, in, in public school, you just kind of have to follow whatever they're doing. And so I'm really excited to do a homeschool adventure with her and follow her lead and what she wants to learn. And I think that's going to be amazing for both of us. That's so awesome. There, the idea of child-led learning, I, I've seen such more emphasis on that in the homeschool community since, you know, 15 years ago when I was first look, looking into this, like so much more. I think eventually like people who are really in tune to their kids and stuff, figure it out, just figure it out. But I love hearing people talk about it more now. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So here's the next hard question. Okay. <laughs> this is, this is what I heard a lot at the very beginning of my journey. I don't hear it as much anymore, but I heard this a lot. What makes you think you're qualified to do this? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I have no idea. <laughs> Am I qualified? No. I'm definitely not. Like, I'm not qualified in a whole bunch of other things. Now, if she wants to learn about how to be a nurse, like, I'm your gal. I got you. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I mean, that's just how it is with anything, though, with being a parent. You have to figure it out as you go. And you do because you passionately love these kids. And so you just do. And I think we're going to stumble through, we're going to stumble and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to have to pick up ourselves and backtrack and, and figure it out. But you have to have, I think you just have to go into it with that attitude, knowing that 
it's not going to be perfect and set your expectations really low. That's really good. I wish I'd known that. Cause like when people asked me at the beginning and I was much younger, I get defensive, you know, I'd be like, I have a college degree. These are children. It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And I'm like wicked smart. So there there's that too. (laughs) (laughs) It helps. You know, it's interesting. I was, I was interviewed on a different podcast um, before I started my podcast. It was really inspiring to be on it, but he asked me something like that. Like, and I said, you know what? Most kids just want to taste. They just want a taste of something. They're not looking for a PhD in it. Like Mm -hmm. they're interested in geology. Let's go read some books on geology and watch some YouTube videos and go look for rocks in the yard. You know, like this isn't, You know, even if it's neuroscience, we're talking about elementary, junior high age level of it. Exactly. And, you know, I was thinking about uh, you posted on your Instagram not that long ago about um, curriculum versus philosophy. Yeah. Homeschooling philosophy. Because that's been I've been so bombarded with people saying, well, what curriculum are you going to use? And every single time I'm like, I don't have no idea. I haven't even looked at any curriculum. I really haven't, sincerely. I, I have no idea. So I decided to start to just think about my philosophy, like what you posted. So I've been thinking about it for like a week straight. And my philosophy, I don't even know if this can count as a philosophy. Hopefully, yes. Um, I just want my kids to love learning. And I want them to like be hungry for information and I want them to just get like that taste of it and how great it can be and exciting and fun. And I just want it to be fun for all of us. And that that's my philosophy. And it's not always going to be, you know, fun because we're going to have to learn multiplication tables, and blah, 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 stuff like that. You can make that fun. I promise. We'll, we'll find a fun way to do it. We'll make up some songs or something. Um, but that's just really what I want for them to know that learning is exciting and fun. I think that's a beautiful philosophy. I like that. It totally counts. So that, there you go. That's my philosophy now. That's, that's fantastic. And I think, cause the, here's the thing is everybody's obsessed with curriculum right now. What curriculum should I use? And I just keep thinking it really doesn't matter if you don't know what your philosophy is, because you pick curriculum based on, does this support my philosophy? Otherwise you're just buying the next shiny object, right? You're just like, well, this guarantees my child will know this. This guarantees that I get all these bonus things with it. Like you're just getting, it's just sales. It's just sales pitches. And which one do you, which pitch do you like best? Yeah, indeed. Maybe I should buy my curriculum based off of how many minutes per day it's going to take us to do it. <laughs> I'll be like, whatever, it's like 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes of math a day, sold. I'm your girl. Let's do that one. And don't do Saxon math. I'll warn you about that. Right? Saxon math will take up your entire life. So you can just eliminate that one. That's a big okay, one in that one school. Out. Yeah. They are hired. They're not doing that. <laughs> no offense to anyone who loves Saxon. It just does. It takes more time. It is not a 20 minute math thing. I have this wonder. I have this wonderful friend, and she's been homeschooling for a couple of years. And she does um, like an online public school with her kids. And she said, "Oh, it's so great! It's free. They send you textbooks. They even send you like a computer." And I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool. I'm gonna sign up for them." And then she told me that you have to have your kids signed in by eight thirty every day, and then they get an hour lunch, and then they have to be back on until like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, "Nope." Not doing that. <laughs> it doesn't support your philosophy. It does not support my philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> we have in Washington, there's tons of educational options. Like the the way that the laws are made are really cool. And one of them is you can pretty much go to any school you want as long as they have this way of doing it remotely. And there's, you know, there's money allocated for each child if they're enrolled in school and you basically get access to all this money 
And so you can pay for dance lessons and music lessons as long as all these things like qualify, right? They'll pay for it, these different districts. Uh And, but the thing is, you got to constantly report on what you're doing and you have Mm -hmm. to meet with one of their teachers and like, there's all these hoops and lots of people are like, worth it, worth it. And as soon as I found out there were hoops, I was like, and I'm out. I don't want to jump through hoops. That sounds like me too. I don't want to report to anybody. That's our dad in us. We don't like having a boss. Oh yeah. Amen. That is totally our dad right there. Uh, You want me to report to someone? I'm now done. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay. All right. I have one more question. I'm trying to think of what it was. It just slipped my mind. Shoot. I can't remember it. Your answers are so good. Like you've got really thoughtful answers, like so much more thought. Like, I mean, you're just spitballing, right? But your answers are so much better than what I would have said when I started out. I'm just like, wow. But you were a more mature mom by the time you had kids. Like you're just a more mature person in general, I'm afraid. But Oh gosh, I don't know about that. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Let's embrace it. But uh, (laughs) like, it's. I mean, I've been homeschooling for a long time. And in the last maybe year and a half, two years, I was like, okay, I absolutely know what my philosophy is now. (laughs) What's your philosophy? My philosophy is that every child deserves an individualized education. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And I didn't even say it. Like I heard somebody else say it and I was like, bam, that's my philosophy. That's what I believe. Like it finally put all the pieces together that I'd been like cobbling for years and years. She just said it in a succinct, you know, like an IEP, right? Like an IEP. Every child deserves one. Every child deserves it because the way I'm going to teach Camilla how to do something is going to be totally different than the way I teach Penny how to do something. Yeah. And you can't expect it to work. I was just talking to a friend today and was laughing at the money I've spent on math curriculums that I then turned around and sold. Like I would buy the entire set, you know, through kindergarten, through high school, of these math curriculums, uh-huh. and it would work for one kid for a couple of years. And then they needed something different. And I was just like, when will I ever learn? When will I learn? I have bought and sold so many of these things. But now that I really understand that it, that my philosophy is it's going to be individualized. I don't waste that much money anymore. Like I'm smarter about it. I acknowledge that, you know, so to me, it's more important to figure out, like you said, their learning style. Like that's way more critical to me to figure out how it is that they learn. Okay. Let's find a curriculum that supports that. This is how much I know about curriculums. I'm like, do I just go to Google and type in homeschool curriculums? Oh my gosh. I have no idea where to start. I have no idea. That is like, oh, that you will just get sucked into that. It's vortex of curriculum. The vortex of curriculum. There's so much stuff that has been created too, like recently. Like I could tell you all the things I've done, but oh man, it's like exponentially grown. The, I would say probably the best thing you can do is just go on Pinterest and find all the things and download them for free at this point. I should, I should go math curriculums for kids with ADHD. There That's you go. See? Yeah. Thought of that. Or like go, I don't know if you have like a local um, like Facebook group for homeschoolers. Because oh, sometimes sure. people are sometimes are just getting rid of stuff. Or I don't know. It depends. Like our local groups, I don't always find them super helpful, but I, you know what? Okay. Here's what there probably is. Go find a Facebook group of ADHD homeschoolers or homeschooling ADHD kids. That's what you need. Ooh, that's a good idea. I'm doing that right now. Cause that's, that's where you're going to find the best help. I bet. Cause when I figured out I have had dyslexic kids. I was like, I only want to talk to people who have dyslexic kids. <laughs> only tell me what you've done. And that's, that's why I put all my effort is I'm like, if you know what this looks like, I, I want to hear from you. You know, this one's called ADHD homeschool. There we go. Yeah. 
I always like promise I'm not going to give like advice and stuff on this podcast, but you're my sister. We can totally talk about stuff. I can give you <laughs> ideas. Plus I want you to feel successful, right? Like I want you guys to have this positive experience and have it be a good thing, you know? Exactly. Sorry. I was joining that group. Um, <laughs> well, that's great. I thought it was great that you're like, nope, I'm doing it right now. I don't I gotta care. Do it right now. I'm going to forget it. It's true. Yeah, I do. I gotta, I just want this year to be successful or the semester or however long it's going to be. I don't really know. And you know, the thing is I'm totally open-minded to the fact that this may not just be this year. Like this just may be what we do now. I don't know. All I know is this is what's right for right now is most likely that we're going to homeschool. Cause I can't even say a hundred percent. Like I'm non-committal. I have a non-committal relationship with homeschool right now. <laughs> That's okay. I don't really know. I think so. I kind of want to date it, but You're I not ready to- things, I'm not ready to commit a hundred percent yet. Um, but I'm hoping that it works out. <laughs> you're hoping it's fun while you're together, right? Like, right. it's like a good time. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and if it, you know, if it's great, I'm all in. Cause I'm kind of one of those people that if it's good, I'm, I'll, I'll be totally committed and we'll, we'll go the distance. And if this is what's right for our family, then we'll probably just keep going. Cause yeah. Everyone that I have, you know, I just feel really grateful for people in my life that do homeschool. And it's not just you. I have lots of people that are willing to be like, you know what? This is really great for us. And they're all, all of these people are not like in your face. You got to homeschool because that's the best way kind of people. They're just like, this is what works for me. And we're really happy. And that's what I need to see not any pressure or um, trying to sell me on it. I just see that their lifestyle is like good for them. And so that's really encouraging. Yeah. So my, my last big question, you ready for it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about prom? What about prom Meredith? <laughs> people really say that oh yeah totally but but what about prom oh my gosh my kids might not go to prom done (laughs) done done (laughs) holy smokes really yeah wow okay um what about prom well i don't know (laughs) (laughs) hopefully they're not gonna care but you know, I don't know. My kids will probably just go find a boy and be like, you should take me to prom. <laughs> they would probably be like, that's a great idea. And then they'll just go because that's how my kids are. <laughs> Done. Problem solved. Problem Easy answer. <laughs> I, I remember the first, I don't know, half dozen times I was asked that. I always said, I didn't go to prom and I don't care that I didn't go to prom. <laughs> I was fine. I turned out I just fine. Prom, it was not that big of a deal. <laughs> it's a total. I think, <laughs> I think the the root fear in there is what if like don't you want your child to have these normal rites of passage? Why are you turning your back on it? <sighs> I know, but why does that have to be the normal rite of passage prom? Like, why can't it be like something amazing? Like we go backpacking for a summer and that's your rite of passage. That's all. Oh, yeah. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like who invented this prom is and homecoming and going to, I don't know. Football games are fun. I'm not going to say they're not fun. Um, I don't know. I think when you, if you homeschool and you had just have this different culture, then they're, they're going to have different expectations. Yeah. Now I've got two older daughters who've done formal dances and they were super fun they didn't miss out on anything so but I didn't have that answer ready like when they were little but it ended up being just fine 
Exactly. And just because you're homeschooled doesn't mean that you're going to like keep your kids in a cage in the backyard. <laughs> what? You don't? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I literally am looking out of my window to my backyard where there's a tent and I have two boys in it. <laughs> and a chicken right. that is kind of like a cage. <laughs> <laughs> and there's chickens running around they could be like the guards <laughs> <They're> like... <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome <laughs> yep that's awesome oh my gosh that is funny I never really thought about any of those I never thought about any of those things because it's just never like come up I've never been asked any of that because you know I've never homeschooled but that's hilarious that yeah. People are so like focused on those little tiny details of <laughs> that being so important. Yep. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just thought, well, this is this crazy thing Jenny's going to do until high school, but she's surely not going to have school them in high school. That would be insane. So that, <laughs> it brought on a whole new round of questions once we got to high school age. And I said, yep, we're still doing it. So right now it should be pretty easy. I don't think you'll get as much scrutiny because your kids are young and such a bigger culture of it. Like so many people now know healthy, happy, like homeschool friends and, you know, and somebody recently on the podcast was like, it can literally look like however you want it to look. Yeah, exactly. I've got um, a friend, her daughter goes to the elementary school and does specials every day. And, and so she goes like at two o'clock every day and, and goes and does the specials with one class. And that's so what like, they do. Like, like PE music, yeah, that kind PE of thing. Yeah, PE and music and library. Um, so she just goes and uh, meets the class wherever they are going that day. And then she does everything else at home. There's just so many hybrids you can do now too. Yeah, it's true. And it depends on the state where you live too that can vary just just so you know like every state has different like rules but in general it just seems like most places are getting more and more homeschool friendly which is great yeah because it should be individual right what do you think the difference between homeschool and unschooling is i've always wondered that well unschooling unschooling is like a philosophy of homeschooling so unschooling is the idea that it should be really child led. Like they really will, if you f- like let them pursue whatever they want, they're going to mm-hmm. get a, they're going to get a deep and a great education. And there's a lot of like unschoolers who um, really are super successful. And in any cases you're going to have people who say I unschool and really they it's just neglect. They're doing nothing. Right. But really great unschooling is powerful. So I say that I'm not to really an unschooler. I'm like kind of unschooly when my kids are young. Yeah. Very much like, but we, it's not like I leave them to their own devices. They just get a lot of say in what we do. You know, I guess but that's we, kind of what I want to do too then. Yeah. Because I will do, you know, the basics. We'll learn to multiply and we're going to read and write. But I want her to pick what she wants to read. Like Camilla loves to read. Um, she likes to read historical things. She calls it back then books. Oh, that's cute. So this spring, um, we just, we didn't have a lot of great resources. So we went to the library and we got this biography on Amelia Earhart. And we, I would read like 10 pages and then she would read one page and she loved it. She loved learning about this historical figure and, and um, it was so much fun. And that's what she wanted to learn about. Yeah. So I want to do more things like that. So somebody who's actually like a true blue unschooler would probably have a better definition, but that's, that's kind of what it feels like to me. It's very child led. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I always wondered what that really meant. Yep. And I think part of it is because it looks so different from traditional school because there's definitely homeschoolers that it looks exactly like a school, like even down to the desks and saying the pledge and 
And that's how a lot of homeschoolers start out because they have no other frame of reference. So oh, somebody like a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I did that. I totally did that. We said the pledge <laughs> and we had, which I like the pledge. We go through pledge phases, like where everybody's like, Hey, let's say the pledge. And we do it for like months and then we lose interest and stop. I don't feel like we're now not good Americans. So I feel at peace with that, you know, but, um, but I would have like the super rigorous schedule. Like we will do math from nine to nine thirty, and then we will do copy work from nine thirty to 10, like ridiculous because I just didn't know any better. I didn't realize that homeschool shouldn't look like school. School works because it's in school. It doesn't right. work in home. No, it doesn't. Especially when you have multiple kids and a toddler. It's just yeah. not going to, it's not going to be clean at all. Nope. I'm okay with that. One thing I really like is, um, I think I remember reading something, Julie Bogart, she's a, really great like homeschool guru and she said routine is far more valuable than schedule just having kind of a, a predictable routine of things but not being locked in to a schedule and that really has helped me a lot kind of work that out of my system I like that so what do you think that means like what would that mean for like me like I could say Camilla every day we're gonna do a little bit of math and a little bit of reading and a little bit of writing, and then we'll do something that you want to learn about. Like, could that yeah. be a routine? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like how we do it, like at our house, our routine is like, we're going to gather together and we're going to do like a devotional. And yeah, wanna... then I'm going to share something I think that's really cool. And usually it's like something I've read recently or cool. Yeah. And so I show them because I feel like modeling excitement about learning new things is huge. Like that comes from me. So I'll, and I call it mom school because I'm like, I'm going to teach you the thing I think is super interesting. And then when we're done with that, we go do what they think is super interesting. Like whatever project or thing that we're working on that they've picked to learn about. And so once everything kind of shut down, my kids really wanted to study different countries. And so we would go and research, like my son Sawyer is obsessed with Africa and wants to memorize all the countries in Africa and know everything about them. And then he was really zeroed in on the DRC, the D Democratic Republic of the Congo. And like, all he wanted to do is like learn more about it. And my daughter Greta was obsessed with New Zealand and you just totally would dive into those things and we'd go as long as they, their interest, well, you know, we just go with, if they were on a roll, we just kept going. I didn't ever say, and now it's time for the next thing. I didn't ever yeah. shut it down because that is like saying the thing you're interested is not, you're interested in is not as important as the thing as I'm telling you how you have to do. I like because that. That just sucks all the, that's a great, that's a very leadership education philosophy. Like that's a big thing. And, and that child led that idea. So I didn't invent it is what I'm saying. <laughs> I read about it, but it's really effective. And then when they kind of, then they also know at some point they're going to do math, but they get to pick kind of when they want to do that. And at some point this year, this past year, we didn't do a ton of writing or we did a bunch of spelling. We went through a spelling phase where everybody wanted to spell all the time. But this fall, we're kind of reorienting and doing a bunch of writing because it's just a good year for it. So we don't mm -hmm. even necessarily do every subject all the time. Like we just do what, like as far as subjects go, we do what they're interested in and doing. And then we just kind of keep up the three R's, right? Like reading, writing, arithmetic. As yeah, much as, exactly. you know. And I feel like you can, something I've been thinking about is that you can kill two birds with one stone in a lot of ways. Like with reading, you can do history and social studies and. Oh, yeah. Science. And, and wrap that all in, in one lesson. It Absolutely. It doesn't have to be separated out. Oh my gosh, you just cracked the code, the homeschool code. Because that's what people say is, how do I do like seven to 11 subjects? Because if you go like on the Washington State, like homeschooling requirements, it says something like you have to cover like these 11 different subjects. And it totally throws people into a panic when they read that. And 
that's exactly what I tell them. I'm like, you could study one thing and cover all these. Well, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to be helpful in any way. Like, I hope you know that you can always, always, you know, shout at me and say help. And You're my hotline. Yes, I will be your hotline. Good. And I hope that anybody who's embarking on this finds a hotline. I know everybody needs, needs a homeschooling sister. I always say this to my girls. Everybody needs a sister because it's magical to have a sister, but everybody right now needs to have a homeschooling sister. So you should, if you don't have one, you should just adopt one. Yes. That's why you need to people who are thinking about it right now. They got to reach out and find, find their sister. Yes. You don't have to do this alone. Nope. It's not meant to be done alone anyway. Indeed. I like that. We need each other. I need you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it. Don't get, expect any advice. <laughs> <laughs> I just laugh. need you to just make me laugh. That's what <laughs> all I need. <laughs> I like that. Well, this has been really fun. Thank you for coming on. So you figured it out already. Oh boy. We'll see what else I can figure out this next year. <laughs> Hopefully a couple of things. Oh, you will. You totally <laughs> will. Flop. It might be a flop. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it might be face in the dirt. Bad. <laughs> this is what I say. If it gets really bad and you're just like, this is a disaster, then just don't do school. Just don't do it. Like only do it if somebody really wants to, because honestly it all works out because we've had periods of time where I was super sick or had a new baby or we moved and there would be months that we didn't do anything. And that is in those instances, I had kids who taught themselves things just because they wanted to, and they didn't feel pressure for me to learn. Or the lesson was taking care of this new baby. And I would just talk to them about child development and what things were normal. And like there's it, you can always make use of the time. It doesn't have to look schooly and it doesn't have to, like you might feel like you're failing, but really so many good things can still be happening. I like that. That's beautiful. Thank you. I'm not supposed to give advice on this podcast, Meredith. I've sworn not to do it. <laughs> Sorry. I wrecked your podcast philosophy. You broke it. It's broken broke, now. Yep. I broke your podcast. <laughs> I'll have to fix it for next time. All right, everybody. We can do this. That's right. Pull ourselves together and get it done. Get her done. Get her done. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that great? Meredith is just amazing. I have two sisters and they are both just wonderful people. So I'm excited that you guys got to meet her a little bit. So what's interesting is after this interview, a few days later, she called me and said, okay, I finally heard from the district and what we're gonna do. And it was actually a really manageable plan, especially for how young her kids are. So she's still going to be involved or enrolled in the public school, but they're going to be doing it from home and it'll be online for like an hour a day or something. Like her kids are really young, but everything she was describing to me just seemed totally age appropriate. And so she's excited to kind of live this homeschool lifestyle, but still not have to think of all the things herself and do all the things herself. So it'll be interesting like six months from now to kind of check in with her again and see how did that go? Like, how was that version of things? There's just so much up in the air right now. And I know that so many people are just going, what is this going to look like? I feel like I talk to somebody almost every day. I was just talking to my brother about it today too. What is school going to look like? So we're just all hanging in there, right? Like there's a lot of suspense and questions and not knowing. But I hope that you can find support no matter which avenue you end up doing, whether you decide to homeschool or distance learn or whatever it is, like find a support system for that. So I hope that's what you seek out. And 
keep listening to the podcast. I'm going to keep trying to find people who've done things so many different ways because then hopefully that'll be a resource to you as you puzzle all of this out. And you can always find me on Instagram at if homeschool walls could talk. You can email me homeschoolwalls at gmail.com. If I don't know the answer, I can definitely try to help you find the right person. So I talk to people almost every day. It's just things are so crazy right now. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Thank you to Meredith. I love you. You're amazing. You're my favorite little sister. And this was If Homeschool Walls Could Talk. And I'm your host, Jenny Hahn. <laughs>